Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Beaumont, Texas. For more information about Church on the Rock and Ron Hammonds Ministries, visit cotr.com. You have your Bibles, you can open up this morning. We're going to be going to the book of Matthew here in just a moment. My title for today's sermon, I was really wrestling with what title, you know, I really wrestle with these titles, by the way, okay, struggle with them. I was asked again by Jessica, who does the title slides this morning, are you sure you wanted to say this? And I said, yeah. So the title slide is Life on the Rock or Life on the Rocks. You can take it either way you want it to be, okay? Because sometimes it can be either one. It can be life on the rock or it can be life on the rocks, okay? My subtitle is this. It was going so well. Why did you have to open your mouth? <laughs> Punch the person next to you and say, I think he's talking about you. <laughs> It has been said that the best teacher is experience. Experience is the best teacher, but it's also the highest price to pay for knowledge. But one of the things about learning from experience is that normally you don't have to go a second round. Okay? Uh, normally, once a lesson is learned, failure is seldom repeated. And although personal failures can yield a great amount of wisdom... It is a lot less costly if we can learn from the mistakes of others. One of the benefits, in fact, of having the New Testament is that we have a record of Jesus interacting with people all throughout the three and a half years that he was ministering on planet Earth. And sometimes he would interact with someone and they would, uh, you know, uh, succeed, and he would praise them. You know, oh my goodness, I have not seen such great faith in all of Israel, Jesus said. You know, I mean, sometimes Jesus praised people, you know, and, 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 and he said, yeah, good job, you know. And sometimes Jesus said, don't, okay. And sometimes people failed. And Jesus interacting with these people, we have a chance to look back and see his interactions and realize that we can learn something from other people and how Jesus interacted with them. In fact, we can see their successes, we can see their failures, and sometimes we can see both success and failure in the same individual. And we can learn some things from that as well. You see, everyone can be an example for us. Every person in the Bible should be your example. Every person in this church building should be an example to you. Every person in your family, they are an example. Every person that you meet on your job or at school, everyone is an example. Sometimes people are an example of what we should do. And sometimes they are an example of what we should not do. Both of those lessons are valuable lessons. Learning how we should be and learning how we should not be. 
Both of those are valuable lessons, and we should embrace those things. It behooves us. It, 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 it's good for us to look around in life and to see people and say, that's, that's who I want to be like. I want, and also to say, you know, I don't want to be like that. Okay? Uh, and instead, perhaps, of complaining about your next drive-through experience or whatever, okay? <laughs> instead of perhaps complaining about your next difficult experience with someone, maybe you could stop and say, you know, I just learned a lesson. I don't want to be that way. <laughs> I don't want to do that. If I ever get that opportunity, I want to be different. These lessons that we can learn are very important and everyone is an example for us. And today we're going to read a passage of scriptures from the Gospel of Matthew. And we are going to consider five statements that Jesus made in these few scriptures. Jesus made five statements to his disciples. And we can look at these statements and we can glean some wisdom from what Jesus told them. And especially from what Jesus said to a young man named Simon Peter. Today, Simon Peter will provide us an example of what we should do. And just a few minutes later, he will provide us with an example of perhaps what we shouldn't do. And so, uh, if you have your Bibles, let's look at Matthew chapter 16 and... Uh, if you would prefer, you can look on the screen. We're going to be uh, putting the scripture up here so that we can read it together. Five statements Jesus made, all right? Each one of these statements are going to have a point. I'll give you the point first, okay? Point number one, you are very important to God, okay? You are. You are so important to God. I cannot comprehend why God would look at us and need us so much and invest so much in us. David had the same problem. King David, as a young man, said, Lord, whenever I look at the stars and I look at the sky and all of your abilities and everything you did, and I look at me, I wonder what in the world are you doing thinking about me? Look at all the majesty you have. Lord, why is your mind so full of mankind? You know, I can't tell you much about God. God didn't tell us much about himself. God only told us one facet of his existence. And that is how much he loves us. And he showed us every step of the way. I mean, that's really the only thing we know about God. We don't know anything else about him. I mean, realistically, everything we know points to his love. And we, as far as we can tell, from everything we know about God from the last 6,000 years of our recorded history, from everything we know about God, we are the most important things in his world. You, you individually, collectively, yes, 
but individually. We do not exist collectively without you individually. You are very important to God. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, well, some say you are John the Baptist, some say you are Elijah, and others say that you are Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But Jesus said to them, but who do you say I am? You see, who you say Jesus is, that's most important to him. You are important to him. And what you think and what you believe and, 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 and the things in your life, you individually. I mean, the whole world could claim one thing or another. And yet Jesus would come to you and say, who do you say I am? In the last days, we are told at the great judgment, at this great throne of Christ, we are going to individually appear before Christ. The questions we will be asked will not be about our mom, what she believed, about our father, what he believed, about you know, uh, our grandparents or what church we went to. The questions that we will be asked, the most important questions are not going to be tied to you know, what we did or didn't do, but it's going to be tied to who do you say that I, the son of man, am? Who am I to you? Wow. Well, Jesus is asking this question. He's wanting us to understand as he is wanting his disciples to understand that what, what they thought about him was important. Number two. The next point is that God speaks to you. Now, you are so important to God that God speaks to you. God has given us his word so that we might know and understand him and so that we might have an opportunity to have eternal life so that we can miss the hell of this life as well. He wants us to miss an eternity in hell, but he also wants us to conquer the hell of this life. God believes that you are important. You are so important that the creator of the universe speaks to you. You know, at times we may not even realize it. At times we may not even understand it. At times perhaps we, 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 we pass right by it. But never doubt, never, never imagine one time that this creator of the universe does not speak to you. God's been speaking to you. God has been talking to you. Almighty God has been causing you to understand things and hear things and feel things, and he's not going to quit. He's not going to stop. You can't run him off and you can't shut him up. He's determined. You may not recognize it. Now, not every voice that speaks to you is the voice of God, but God is speaking to you. 
trying to counteract those things that the devil is trying to tell you, trying to, to, to give you wisdom and direction above the wisdom of this world or above those things that others would, would, would try to put on you or, or say about you. God is speaking to you. Who do you say I am, Jesus said. Verse 16, the next verse, Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah, is what he's saying. You are the anointed Messiah that God had promised his children. You are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. My goodness, what a proclamation. Who is Jesus to you? Who do you say I am? You are the Messiah, the Son of of the living God. Wow. That's, that's, that's pretty big. Verse 17. Jesus answered and said to Peter. Blessed are you Simon son of Jonah. That's what that bar means. It means son of. Simon bar Jonah. You know what Peter's name was? Simon son of John. How does that translate in today's world? Johnson, Simon Johnson. If you ever want to know the last name of Peter, it was Peter Johnson, okay? <laughs> That's the truth, okay? <laughs> Blessed are you, Simon Johnson. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my Father who is in heaven. You see, Jesus is letting Peter and the other disciples realize that you just heard from God. God has been speaking to you. Almighty God, the creator of the universe, this living God, he is the one that is revealing this to you. Who do you say I am? You are Christ. You are the anointed Messiah. You are the son of the living God. Only God can tell you that. That was not given to you by anyone else. Flesh and blood, you didn't figure this out. You can't calculate it. You can't put it down on paper. And you can't scientifically prove it. But God has brought revelation because God has spoken to you. You see, what God says to us far outweighs, outlasts its greater wisdom than this world could ever put together. You know, science will tell us a lot of things that can't be real, but science evidently is not heard from God. You know, thank God for science. Thank God for Google. Thank God for, you know, uh, uh, for uh, MapQuest. But thank God for the Holy Ghost. Because the spirit of the living God is speaking to us in ways that no one else can calculate and no one else can understand. I'm so grateful that he does because deep within me, I often need a comfort that I cannot get by the things I see. I often need an encouragement. I often need a, a confidence. I often need a peace. I often need a joy. I often need forgiveness. I often need love. I often need peace. I often need patience that I just can't calculate, but I can call upon him and one word in my spirit floods my soul just like it does yours. And when God speaks to us 
things change. Even our mind changes. Thank you, God, for speaking to us. Listen, Jesus was so happy that Peter was hearing from God. Jesus was so excited that Peter had a revelation of who he was. My Father in heaven, that's the one that's speaking to you. Our third point. Brenda had a little problem with this one, by the way. My third point. First point is, you are very important to God. Second point, God speaks to you. Point number three, you are tougher than hell. <laughs> Jesus is about to tell him that. <laughs> you are tougher than hell. So, here Jesus said, listen, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. My Father in heaven is the one that told you this. Next verse. And I also say to you, not only is my father speaking to you, but I'm going to speak to you as well. And I'm going to tell you that you are a stone. You are Petros. You are Peter. You are a rock. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You're going to be tougher than hell when I speak to you. Whoa, I love that. Glory to God. Hell can't hold you. Hell can't capture you. Hell can't have you. Hell can't keep you. No hell is tougher than you. Praise God. You're important to me. I'm speaking to you, and you're tougher than hell. My goodness. Wow. <laughs> I only had about five minutes yesterday to get a sermon together, so this is what you get when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> he said in verse 19, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. My goodness. You see, you are very important to God. God speaks to you and you're tougher than hell. I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And let me tell you something. Young man, boy, don't you know about this time Peter's going, whoa, yeah, yeah, oh man, I got it, yeah, I'm the man, I'm the one, I'm the rock, he's going to build his church on me, yeah, come on, bring it on, I'm somebody, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven, Man, I'm going to give you the keys. The way this literally reads, the, 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 the way this really reads, if I might say it that way, our English translation uh, uh, um, gets it just a little bit uh, in a different thought if you're not watchful here. But the literal translation of this says this, that whatever I do not allow in heaven, you will have the power to stop on earth. And what I give free course to in heaven, I want you to open the doors and let it flow. That's what it means. It doesn't necessarily mean that we control what goes on in heaven. It means that what we see in heaven, what God has forbidden in heaven, we have the right, the authority, and the power to forbid it on this earth. No 
thing, not even hell, has the power over us. God has bound him in heaven. We can bind it on earth. And what God has given free course to in heaven, we can unlock and let it flow upon the earth. More about this time, I can imagine Peter is feeling pretty powerful. Don't you think? You see, I want to be like that. That's the way I want to be. I want to take Simon Peter as my example. I want to be the one who says in the crowd and speaks up and says, Jesus is the Christ. He is the son of the living God. I want to do it with such conviction that other people not only hear the words, but they feel the Holy Ghost stepping into their lives and all of a sudden a light shines in them and the Father speaks to them and says, Amen. And they go, Whoa! I want to be that guy. You know, that's my example. I'm important to God. That's my example. I'm important to God. He speaks to me, and hell can't stop me. Boy, I got the keys to the kingdom of heaven now. Number four, even though you have the keys to the kingdom of heaven, let me just throw this in there. Not everything you think is good is God. You might be born again and important to God and you might actually be hearing God and God speaks to you and you might be tougher than hell, but listen, not everything that you think is good is God. We're about to get to that subtitle. Everything was going pretty well right up to the point that you open your mouth. Jesus says, Peter, you're a rock. I'm going to build my church on you. I'm going to give you keys to the kingdom of heaven and you bind what I don't allow in heaven and you set free whatever I see in heaven, you set free on earth. Verse 20. Then Jesus commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. He had his reason for that moment. That moment has passed, by the way. Verse 21. From that time Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes I don't know why he left the deacons out but uh, <laughs> that was a joke for all of you Baptists okay never mind <laughs> and you don't have to go all the way to Jerusalem to get that by the way from that time, Jesus, I better stop meddling and go back to preaching because everything was going okay till I opened my mouth. <laughs> that he must go to Jerusalem. Jesus began to tell his disciples, I've got to go to Jerusalem and, and I'm going to suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and I'm going to be killed and I'll be raised up the third day. Empowered Peter. I'm important, I hear from God, and I'm tougher than hell. Peter says, come here a little bit, Jesus. He took him off to the side. Put his arm around Jesus. Jesus. And the Bible says he began to rebuke Jesus. Bad move. <laughs> okay. 
Oh, you got to love Simon Peter. Come here, Jesus. Come here. Come here. You know, the guy who's important, the guy that God speaks to, the guy that you're going to build your church on, you know, I'm the guy with the keys. Okay? See me? You remember me? Okay. Let me tell you something. Look, that ain't going to happen. Okay? Not as long as I'm here, ain't going to happen. You hear me? Jesus, now you stop saying stuff like that. Okay, you're going to depress all of us, all of us. You're not going to be persecuted. You're, stop that. You got some complex here? What's going on? You need counseling. Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him, saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. It's not a good thing to begin to rebuke Jesus and tell him what he's going to do and not going to do. I think he's got a plan that just is a little bit, you know, farther visioned than what we might have. So Jesus turned to Peter and he said, hey, Peter, you are the devil. (laughs) Get behind me. You personification of all that is evil. Diablos. (laughs) Satan called him Satan. You are an offense unto me. Wait a second. Just, just (laughs) wait. I'm important to God. Wait, 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 wait now. God speaks to me. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful. Your mind is not filled with the things that God plans and the things that God wants and the things that God has said, but you are looking at life through your own eyes. You're looking at life through men's eyes. Your mind is full of the things that you think are good. But listen, not everything that is good for you or good for me or we be good for us, not everything we think is good is God. God is bigger than good. God is greater than good. And here he's saying to Peter, Peter, I want you to know something. Just because you're important to God and just because God speaks to you and just because you're tougher than hell and just because you have the keys of the kingdom does not mean that everything your little brain conceives, everything that you want, everything that you think, everything that you feel like would be best is best. When you come up against the word of God, it's time for you to shut up. That's good preaching. I like that. That's not bad for a quarter, is it? Yeah. I saw what you put in the offering plate. Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense unto me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. You know, everybody tries to take care of situations. We all try to take care of ourselves, our families, the best we can. And we all, uh, you know, we all imagine and, 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 you know, that what we want has got to be what God wants. Well, you know, not always. 
that's not always the way it is. You see, sometimes life can put us in a situation to where it's really hard to forgive. But God said forgive. Sometimes we can come up with reasons why. It's offensive to God that we would come up with a reason to not forgive after all he has forgiven us. Sometimes we can come up with a lot of reasons not to give. Not to be nice, not to be patient, not to be kind, not to be loving, not to be caring. Sometimes we can come up with a lot of reasons that they don't stand against the Word of God. You see, when the Word of God says, children, obey your parents, you just need to go with that one. Honor your mother and your father. Don't commit adultery. Don't lie. Don't cheat. Don't covet. You just got to go with that. When God said, be still, be patient, and wait upon the Lord. When God says, vengeance belongs to me, saith the Lord. When God says, husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your husbands. He meant that. We are very important to God. We are. And God speaks to us. He does. And hell cannot stop us. It really can't. But not everything that we think is good is God. And when what we want or what we feel, what we think goes against the word of God, that's where we need to back up. Because when Jesus said, I'm going to do this, this is going to happen, Peter should have said, well, how can I help? Instead of I'm taking over, I know what's best. We don't know what's best. Only God knows what's best. So, number five, give it all to Jesus. Just, just give it all to him. Give him your your successes, your failures, your worries, your cares. Give him your yesterdays and give him your tomorrows. You need to give up on hope of a better past. And you need to get some hope of a better future. And we need to give it all to him. You know, when Jesus rebuked Peter, get behind me, Satan. There's no indication that Peter got offended. There's every indication that Peter said, yes, sir, and got back in line and just gave it all to Jesus. You see, Jesus had said, get behind me, Satan. You, you're an offense unto me. You're not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. And verse 24, the next verse, then Jesus said to his disciples, listen, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Let him take up his cross and let him follow me. 
For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. And whoever desires to lose his life for my sake, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What does that mean? That means when we are willing to lay our lives down and to lose our own opinions, our own desires, lose ourselves in him. When we are willing to give up and to give over and to give in and to say to him, here we are, God. I can't fix this. I never could, Lord. I wish that I could, Lord, but God, you can. Here I am, God. I'll deny myself, Lord. I will quit trying to gratify my own carnal appetites and I will just give it to you, Lord. My thoughts, Lord. My hurts, my pains, my past, my fear, my future. Give it all to Jesus. When we try to save our lives at the expense of God's word, going against him, we will lose. What we compromise to keep, we will lose. Verse 26, Jesus concluded this by saying, For what profit is it to a man? What do you gain if you were to gain the whole world? But lose your own soul. Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? You know, that puts it on a very eternal plane. Let's, let's, let's bring it down a little bit now to where we are. What would it profit you if you achieved some temporary pleasure and lost your family? What would it profit you if you gained some contract but lost your integrity and lost your business? What would it profit you if you achieved some advantage and lost your reputation and lost your friends? What would it profit what is it that you would give in exchange for your family, for your reputation, for your friends, or for your soul? We are very important to God. God speaks to us. He does. He speaks to us in our darkest moments. And his word is always an encouragement. His word is always uplifting. His word will always point you back to Christ. His word is always redemptive. And he will not allow the devil to have victory over us and to triumph over us. But not everything that we think is good is God. We need to keep giving it all to him. Whether... It costs us personally or whether it doesn't. Whether it's difficult or whether it's easy. Not everything that we do for God is easy. Yesterday I was talking with my son on the phone. He and I talk over spiritual concepts a lot. And he and I were talking and we were talking about how sometimes people imagine that what God wants them to do just should be easy. But many times it's not. 
I told him, I said, you know, it's like those disciples that Jesus said, I want you to go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. It was about, oh, five miles across the Sea of Galilee. I want you to go to the other side. The Bible says they went down and got into the boat and they rowed out into the water and a storm came and they spent the whole night long rowing against the wind in the storm and the Bible says they got nowhere. Now hold on. Jesus had just told them, I want you to go get in the boat and go to the other side. They were right in the will of God, doing the will of God, trying to do what Jesus said and working hard at it, but got nowhere. But because they continued, Jesus came walking to them on the water, got into the boat, the storm ceased, and the Bible says immediately they were at the other side. You see, he's not going to leave you in a predicament that he's not going to help you in. Where he points, he provides. Then Ashley reminded me of, uh, of, uh, of, Dan of Daniel when he prayed. Even Gabriel, the angel Gabriel, said, I was sent with an answer to bring you an answer on the very first day that you prayed. It was 21 days later. On the very first day you prayed, Daniel, I was sent by God to bring you this answer. But the devil, the prince of the power over the air of Persia, he withstood me. I fought and wrestled trying to bring to you a message from God. For 21 days he withstood me. And I had to call for help from Michael, the archangel, who came and, and, and he began to fight with him. And he held him off while I came to you to bring you this answer. And when I leave you, I'm going back. And we're going to finish that fight because they, they have no right to try to stop us. Us from bringing this answer to you but it's a fight it's a struggle and sometimes it takes time just because God wants something done does not make it easy it doesn't make it automatic don't base what you are willing to attempt on how easy it is give it all to Jesus give him the good give him the bad give him the ugly the good, the bad, and the ugly. You're important to God. He speaks to you. I'll get in trouble, but I'm going to say it one more time. You're tougher in hell. <laughs> there, everything was going well till I opened my mouth. Not everything you think. <laughs> this is what I wrote down. Not everything you think needs to be said. So follow my example, okay? Sometimes I'm going to show you what to do, and sometimes I'm going to show you what not to do, okay? Just like the Apostle Peter. Hey, both are valuable lessons. Just thank God. Just sit back there and go, uh-huh, yeah, I got that one. You may be tougher than hell, but you're not tougher than God. Just give it to him and go with his word.